Right, hello, welcome to the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Big Blue Drew here with you. Um, what is it? Wednesday, May twenty fifth. So lots going on. We got school ending, summers around the corner. Um, so it's a very exciting time in Kentucky and really everywhere around the country as um school winds down, heading into the summer. So I know it's a big time for all the parents, kids, and everything. So thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you. We're now, I believe, in episode four of season two of the Kentucky Dad Podcast. So we've We've been graced with the presence of T.J. Walker, Terry Brown, and then last week we had the legendary Dick Gabriel on, so we had a good time with him. So if you haven't listened, please go back, check them out. Again, they're, they're not timely, which is one of the best parts about the Kentucky Dad Podcast. You can pick them up and um, listen anytime that you like. So I'm pumped about today's episode, too, because it's somebody that I know, but I kind of don't know. So um, we're, we're very friendly, and um, he's actually uh, ex- always been extremely nice to me, so I'm excited to talk to um, Keith Farmer from uh, BBN Tonight and Lex 18 News. How are you doing, Keith? Doing well. How are you? Pretty good. I really appreciate you jumping on. I know you're busy winding down the day, and, and then I know, like, um, I'm sure most Kentucky fans know that, that you do BBN Tonight, um, which airs every night at 7.30, so I wasn't really sure what your schedule was like. I figured most, a lot of those were probably recorded beforehand, but I know you're a busy man, so thank you. No problem. Glad to help. And, uh, yeah, I'll let you in on a little secret. They are normally recorded, but there is that occasional time where we have to do them live or come back and do them live. So, yeah, that's, that is the case. I got you. We'll definitely talk about the show a lot because I know it's still, it's still fairly new and definitely uh, making waves. I know you guys you know, get a ton of great guests and you have a lot of terrific content. Um, on your weeknight show so that's really neat but um first Keith just for me and the listeners I'd love just just kind of walk us through a little bit your um your family dynamic and um anything about your um your resume as far as being a sports anchor that you want to share through your journey with that but definitely I'm interested to, to learn a little bit about your family yeah well um so I'll take you through the career first because then that'll lead you to the family um so first off I was born in uh Richmond Kentucky uh, spent a little bit of time in Eastern Kentucky, where my parents are from. Then we came back to Richmond, Kentucky, uh, when I was in second grade, and went to Madison Central there. Graduated and kind of didn't feel the need to keep going on to, to you know, like everybody else. You you like you finish one one school and you go to the next one. And it just felt like everybody was going to EKU, and I kind of knew what I wanted to do um, at least somewhat. And so I went to Moorhead State and uh, thought I wanted to be behind the camera. I just wanted to be involved in TV somehow or radio. And uh, so I ended up trying out, uh, you know, a little radio. And then that naturally led to TV. And next thing you know, I wanted to be in front of the camera. So, um, you know. you got a face for TV, right? You have a great radio voice, but, you know, you got the the face for TV. You can brag a little. I don't know. A lot of people say (laughs) I got a a face for for newspaper. Um, (laughs) Yeah, face for radio, as they always like to say. But yeah, um, so so yeah, I you know then it became time searching for that first job, and for me, I found it down in Hazard, Kentucky, which is where my mom is from, and my grandparents were living there at the time. So it was a really cool situation uh, to get involved down at WIMT. Um, left there and came here to um, to LEX eighteen the first time, and just lasted here about a few years. Things just weren't quite going for me the way I thought they would, and. So I ended up leaving here and I went to Louisville and worked at WLKY in Louisville for 13 years, uh, starting out as the number three guy, working my way up to the weekend anchor and 
Um, so, so that was a lot of fun. And then, you know, it's just one of those things where I knew it wasn't, uh, I wasn't going to, I couldn't go any higher really because Fred Calgill who works there has been there since mm-hmm. the eighties. He's still there and a terrific guy, but I just knew I wasn't taking his spot. And, and LKY, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're pretty much uh, not to throw any, uh, anchorman news shade out, but LKY is pretty much like the top dog here in Louisville, right? I'm pretty sure that, that it has been. We uh, we kind of took over the top spot when I was there, and I, I think they've been kind of back and forth with a, a station or two. And so, okay. yeah, I think they're they're kind of the top dog right now, uh, which is really cool. And um, so then I came back here. There was a Monday through Friday job opened up here, and, and you know, it's just one of those I couldn't pass up on. And um, getting the BBN tonight stuff made it even better. But um, along the way, uh, married uh, my wife, uh, who I met at Moorhead State. Her name is Christy, and um, we got three boys. Uh, my oldest is uh, 26, and he lives in Austin, Texas, and he's a lawyer. Okay. And my middle son uh, got married uh, two years ago during the pandemic and about to make me a grandfather for the first time in October. Nice. And then my youngest son graduates uh, on Friday, and so we're about to be empty nesters. He's going uh, to UK next year. And uh, he's uh, looking at doing civil engineering. So, um, so three boys and uh, all redheads. So, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My wife is a redhead. My grandmother was a redhead. I think that's why it didn't skip us. And uh, so, so that's the family dynamic. Very cool. Very cool. So you definitely you have um, a lot of milestone moments coming on too. And I think that's what originally prompted me. I know that I'd wanted to invite you on the Dad Podcast for a while, but I saw that announcement about becoming a grandparent, which I can't even imagine. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I really, I, you know, I have a 14 year old daughter and I, I've kind of started um, even getting that sense myself. You know, she's, you know, it won't be long, probably 10 years or so. Um, and I just can't even imagine. And I guess what I'm getting at is it's really starting to come together to me of like why grandparents are the way that they are, because you just get to start everything over. Don't make, you know, your, your same mistakes or have your same irritabilities and, um, you know, break all the rules and send them back to the parents. So I'm sure you're looking forward to that. <laughs> I mean, that is also well said because everybody keeps telling me it's the greatest job ever. You can, you know, do what you want, have fun with them, and then just send them back with the parents. And, and but, but in my mind, you're right. I think, I think I'm sitting there going, all right, I'm not going to be as irritable or, you know, because of, you know, things that are going on at work. And not that I took it out on them, but it's just like, you know, sometimes maybe you just didn't quite give them all the attention you needed to. And, so I think that's why grandparents are probably the greatest because they do give you that extra time. And uh, I obviously got to experience that with my four and uh, hoping to do the same with, with this one as well. Yeah, I think grandparents definitely, um, you know, they pack all the wisdom and they're, they have a unique ability to see, um, to see the big picture, you know, later in life. So um, big props to grandparents. And then, you know, as parents, we get to, uh, we get to scold them a little bit for all the sugar drinks and whatever else they're going to pack. But, and I'll say this too, grandparents were major MVPs during COVID too. Like COVID grandparents, I mean, they were really stepping up for the, um, the parents that kept having to work and stuff. So cool, man. We'll have to, we'll have to stay in touch with you and definitely uh, we'll have to get you back on once you got your, uh, your, your feet under you as a grandpa. Are you going to be grandpa? What's the name going to be? I think I'm going with, I, I'm, I'm torn on either. Uh, I, one of mine was granddaddy. And I like okay. that, okay. And, but I, I might go with just granddad. That's my dad. Um, my dad's granddad. That's solid. It's strong. Yeah. Yeah. I think Cause you know, um, I feel like when I was younger, I called my dad daddy and then it just transformed into dad. Right. So why not just start with granddad, you know, and they don't have to like change it at all. 
Yep, I like that. I like that too. That's what uh, that's what my dad settled on, and I know that can get tricky this day and age. You got to because especially it's so much condition based off. Well, I had a meemaw or I had a peepaw, or, mm-hmm. so you got to really like kind of go back. And everyone has their own their own thing there. So um, well, quick yeah. um, I'll provide a twins update. So I'm I'm glad I did not realize you had three boys because I'm well on my way to three boys. I'm on about an eight week countdown. Um, good news on the on the twin front. The boys have turned. They are no longer breached after our last appointment so if you've um, listened to the dad podcast at all you know that I'm packing quite a bit of worry um, for the potential of a c-section there because I'm going to need mom at tip top for that first couple of weeks I can't imagine um, <laughs> taking on a couple of newborns by myself I'm not built for it so I was I was thrilled to hear that that they've breached she's wildly uncomfortable I keep telling her not to worry because it'll be 90 degrees in a few weeks and that'll make it all better for her but <laughs> she's definitely um She's ready to go. We actually work at the same place. So we see a lot of um, the same company, I should say. So we see a lot of the same people. And I'm definitely getting the feedback now of like, man, she, she looks ready to go. So I know she's uh, everything with twins, Keith, is double the tired, double the fatigue. I mean, double the discomfort, all of it. She's got it all, but she's a warrior. I, I can't even imagine that. And that's why we said we weren't going to try for a, a fourth because I was afraid we were going to have twin boys and then we'd have five boys. And we always wanted that girl and we never got it. And we, I was just like, no, we're not doing it because we'll have twins, triplets, something, you know, and it'll all be boys. And uh, so, uh, you know, my, I, I'll definitely be thinking about you guys because you're right. Uh, you're about to get tag teamed up on uh, in a hurry. The numbers are about to overtake you two. Big time. And then I already have, so I have the 14 year old daughter who I'm super blessed. She's, she's a great kid, but at the end of the day, it's still a damn 14 year old daughter. So it's going to come with its own inherent challenges and stuff, but, but we're going to take it, uh, we're going to take it a day at a time. I'm sure this, this will be great therapy for me as well because um, I'm going to need it for sure. But I, at the same time, I'm a, I'm going to channel mom's energy. Keith, that's my, that's my goal right now. She's, she's the best. So I'm going to try to follow her lead and um, really just make it to the next three years. If I can get, you know, three years we're doing the dad podcast and I'm sitting here, oh, I, got, I guess I'll have what? Uh, then I'll have three boys, seven and under, or six <laughs> and under, which is crazy. But um, I feel like at that point, at least we'll be out in the yard playing ball, um, that type of stuff. But yeah, it's going to be a grind. Oh, man. It, it, it's going to be all worth it, though. I mean, if you can get through, like you said, the start of this and figure it out and know how to, to tag team them, uh, you'll be good to go. And this, I'm glad, I'm glad you kind of mentioned that about like the strategy of it too. So <laughs> as someone that's raised children, this will definitely register with you and anyone else that might be listening, but all the advice that we've been given for raising twins centers around doing everything at the same time. Meaning if one baby is awake and wants to get fed, you're supposed to wake the other up. And I just do not know if I'm going to wake up a newborn baby. Like I know they're saying you're supposed to, but I, yeah. just, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I mean, because then you got to get it back to sleep, right? Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure you want to take that chance. My mom gave me that advice. I feel like, and I'll still kind of like jokingly say it sometimes if we have to get our toddler up from a nap, but she always says, you never wake a sleeping baby. Because <laughs> you think, <laughs> oh, they're not going to sleep tonight or whatever. But anyway, so we'll, we'll have to tackle that. But um, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. So uh, we got yeah. Keith Farmer on tonight um, from BBN tonight. Hopefully you checked that out. We appreciate you. And um, since you are a, a first-time guest on the Dad Podcast, we've circled back with a few um, and had, had a few duplicate guests. So I'm going to kind of maybe try to ask you some of our, um, our questions that we asked a lot in season one that um, we kind of just came up with. Gives us a little bit of an idea um, about you. Peels back the layers a little bit. And, and this was one I was really upset I forgot to ask the first three guests this year 
um, because I love this question. What are some nicknames that you had growing up? So I guess I should have, I should really ask my dad has always called me. I think I've reminded him of somebody or something. And uh, he always called me Zeke and okay. he still does from time to time. Call me Zeke. Um, so, so that's one of the main ones I had. You don't uh, have a really like nicknameable name. Mine. Uh, you know, I got a lot of farm dog or farm farmer. You oh, know, a lot right. Of okay. Okay. Last name. They, they played on the last name more than they did the first name. That makes so, sense. Got it. Yeah. So Especially I had a lot of like, uh, yeah, yeah. So I had a lot of that. I had a lot of farmer or hey, farm dog or uh, farm guy, stuff like that, you know, that, that would pop up. And then when I interned, um, I actually interned while I was at Moorhead over at KYT. And Dave Baker gave one of the guys a, a nickname of punk. And I was like, oh, thank goodness that wasn't me. I didn't do something that, to earn that nickname. And they were like, well, well, Keith needs a nickname before he leaves. And he goes, oh, that's K-Man. <laughs> so I've had K-Man for a long time, which I did. I wasn't a baseball player, really. I you know, barely made it through Little League, but um, I'll take that one. I'll take K-Man, and, and, and so a lot of people call me that. Nice. Yeah, I figure the news, you guys definitely probably have, uh, you know, the nicknames that you pass back and forth, So, so especially with the sports anchors, when it's a lot of times it's a lot of guys and stuff, too. So yeah. that's good. I really wish I would have asked them. I feel like Terry Brown had some really good nicknames. And maybe even Dick Gabriel. So we'll have to circle back with them and, um, and see if they had any good nicknames. Because there are and – and you said one, too. I feel like everyone I've asked that has some random nickname that, like, doesn't even really, like, tie into them at all. And like, I'm kind of not even sure why people started calling me that. But yeah, that's yeah. how it worked out good. Yeah, and that one was my dad. So, you know, and he still to this day will call me Zeke occasionally, you know. <laughs> um, all right, another, uh, another um, old-school Kentucky dad podcast question. So let's say throughout your normal routine as a sports anchor during, let's just say during the week, would you say that you drink more soda, coffee, or alcohol? Coffee, without a doubt. In fact, my wife the other day said, because she's, she's a, a banker, so you know okay. she kind of takes care of all the finances and everything. And she texted me the other day and said, I was looking through the, uh, the bank account, and everything that you spend, if it's not a bill, it's coffee. <laughs> and I do. I, I love – and here's the thing. I didn't even start drinking it till I was like 40. Oh, don't say and, that. I'm a non-coffee drinker too, 35 in two weeks. I know. Mm. And, and like all of a sudden at 40, I started listening to country music, which I never did. I started drinking <laughs> oh, coffee. Gosh, My wife was like, who are you? And, um, but, but I, you know, I, nowadays I even went straight from sweetening it up to I just drink it black. And, um, so because of that, I've been trying to find all the good different coffees around town and they'll have coffee week and I'll hit all those up. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I have a problem, I think, uh, there. So what probably is going to be addressed. I always wondered if that could potentially ever happen to me, but I always just feel like I'm always going to decline coffee. So what prompted you at age 40 where you just had breakfast one day and you're like, hell, I'll give it a try or what? <laughs> Yeah, I was actually covering, um, I think it was when I was working in Louisville. I know it's when I was working in Louisville, but I think we were covering Indiana out in Sacramento, and they had free Starbucks. And I thought, well, everybody always talks about this Starbucks, so I might as well try it. So I, I ended up loading it down with all sorts of cream and sugar, and, uh, and I liked it. And, and so then I started trying that. I started trying, you know, different other kinds, and 
um, eventually I realized all this sugar cannot be good for you. <laughs> so I started backing off that and just using creamer. And then eventually, like I said, I just went stone cold black and just started drinking it that way. Well, I was going to um, tie that back in a little bit to health because I know um, that you're, you're a runner. You're a marathon runner. I know that that's something that takes um, extreme discipline, motivation, um, probably cutting out some of the things that you don't want to. So maybe just um, walk us through a little bit, you know, why you got into that, why you choose to, um, to you know, elevate yourself and have to, to stay doing that. So I played basketball all the way through, like even when I was in Louisville, I was playing church league basketball oh, okay. all the way through my, you know, into my forties. But when I turned 40, again, with the coffee and, and country music, uh, but I realized I had some guys who were younger than me that were having like heart issues and things like that. And I was like, man, I got to be around for my kids. I got these three boys. I got to be around for them. And so one day I just put on my tennis shoes and took off running. It was like, uh, Wow. Um, Forrest what, Gump. Yeah, like Forrest Gump. I just took off running. No, I didn't go that far. I went like maybe a mile and a half or something, but I was like, hey, that felt pretty good, you know? And so then I had a next door neighbor who was really into health and uh, knew how to train for running. So she told me what I needed to do. And then it just became like this thing that you got hooked on, you know? And, and I ran my first race up in, in J-Town, uh, the Gaslight Festival. And to see, you know, the, the people cheering for you and, you know, urging you on. And that was so much fun. Uh, not so much fun was watching the 80-year-old guys and the uh, 13 or, or, or actually 10-year-old girls running past me. <laughs> um, that was not fun. But, um, yeah, you got, I kind of got hooked on it and uh, just went from kind of like I want to be around for my, my, my boys and my wife and to um, – you know, this is a lot of fun and it's keeping me healthy and in shape and slim. And so that's why I kind of kept doing it, man. You just basically like became a new person at age 40. Like, I know, like, right. Yeah, totally. That, uh, so you never really were like into distance running or anything until late in life. Never. The only wow. running I ever did was for basketball practice or tennis practice or something like that, where we were, you know, doing more sprints mm -hmm. and more, you know, but it wasn't long distance running. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I just started with 5k and, eventually went to a 10k and you know which is six miles and then uh i did several half marathons but only did one marathon and and for one thing to train for a marathon takes up an enormous amount of time and then number two it was a tough race i wish i'd have picked a more flat course and i did it in nashville and nashville's more hilly than you think right. and it was it was tough and so it kind of soured me on it i wish i'd love to do one more uh, marathon but again just to prep for it's just it takes up too much time oh my gosh I know that has to be I, I can't even fathom even a half I couldn't fathom people to do a whole marathon's unreal yeah as someone has never enjoyed distance running I have had periods of my life when I would um I won't even call it distance I don't know I'd run you know a couple miles at a time and I can definitively say though that the runner's high is a real thing though when you're when you're rolling and doing it you yeah. really can't get done and it, and it really it you know, brings somewhat of a euphoric feeling from time and you're uh, no pun intended. You're kind of always chasing that, right? Yeah. And, and I think too, for me, it's like that time of, you know, my, my job is so busy and so hectic and so deadline oriented that if I have that time where I can just go run three miles, you know, put on some music, put on a podcast and just chill and get lost in a run. That's what kind of, you know, gives me, you know, the ability to just kind of keep going, you know, to, 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 have those days where it is so hectic 
Yeah, I hear that. I know I need to get back on. I need to. Back. It's one of those things too, where it's just like you're on it or you're not. Like once you stop running or the the physical exercise, um, it can be hard. Um, I just, I just do the like old man beer league softball. I need to start playing a little more basketball because I, I said I'll be 35 on June 10th. So I know I know I'm definitely in my twilight years of that. I, I say I'm already washed. I don't know if I'm totally washed yet. But I'm definitely on my way. So I need to get to because, you know, I hang out with a lot of the younger media guys, you know, the Jack Pilgrims of the world and stuff like that. And and they think I'm 24 and 25 like them. But I have to I have to remind them a lot that I'm not because it I feel like every year I'm I'm uh, dissipating so much faster. Here's the thing. I think uh, once you get into that age that you're in, you're kind of like that um, Michael Jordan age of where you return, because I know you're not Michael Jordan, but. <laughs> Uh, neither am I. But I had some of my better years later because, yeah, the younger guys were a little faster. But like Jordan used to always say, he got smarter. Yeah, you're wise. And, and yeah, you know, you know how to handle things. You know which way those guys are going. So yeah, you keep with it. You got a few more good years left in you. Oh, trust me, my post, my post moves have gotten just tremendously better out of necessity because I'm like, you, you really got to learn how to use your body because there's no, yep. uh, there's no leaping over. Especially with, I say this all the time, covering AAU and stuff like. The kids are just so freaking good nowadays. I mean, you just go play pickup basketball like Southeast, and I'm like, some of these dunks, and kids are 360 dunking and stuff, and I'm just like, I guess it's just, you know, training, and the, I guess it's just inevitable that with every sport, um, there's always going to be a, a next best thing. Someone asked me the other day, um, do I think that – it may have been on radio or something, too. Do I think they'll ever be a shooter as good as Steph Curry? And I said, yeah, I think they'll eventually be a better shooter because yeah. there always is. It sounds crazy now. But, you know, in 15 years, we'll be sitting here and someone's, you know, probably shooting like 50, 60% from behind the line. So it's just amazing, yeah. I guess. They'll be moving the line back or they'll be adding a four-point line, no doubt about it. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy how effortless he makes it look. All right, Keith Farmer from BBN Tonight. Every night at uh, 7.30, you can catch – well, what channel – what local channel is that on, Keith? So here in, uh, in Lexington, it's only on LEX 18. Um, I don't know that we may only send it to one other place called Mountaintop Media, which is like in the Pikeville area. So you can see it over kind of in that area. But as far as like statewide, we're still working on getting the nightly show put on statewide. But we do BBN game day um, every Saturday. And you can pretty much see that across the state. Although we're right now, we did our last one uh, last Friday. So you won't be able to see that until about July. Okay. Let's talk about BBN tonight a little bit um, because I know that that's it's fairly new still. What I want to say, a yearish or so. For yeah, we're about a year and a half, two okay. years in. That's yeah, thinking. Yeah. And then it seems, I mean, it, it seems like you guys, um, like the university's really on board. Like I always notice, you guys get terrific guests, tons of um, exclusive content um, with you and Anna. So it seems to have um, really taken off. Yeah, you know, I really try and um, you know tell them that this is their show. I mean, this is where they need to do a lot of their, uh, their news and everything. And if there's been somebody that's really taken advantage of that, it's football. I don't know if you've noticed that, but man, coach Stoops has really opened up his uh, program. He's given us uh, tons of interviews that, that we get. And, uh, you know, I'd like to believe it's helped um, showcase them, you know, throughout the state. And, and not only that, but I mean, you, they're always recruiting this state. And so I feel like if you're putting the players out there, who've got a lot of great, um, you know, um, just just their their aura and their way about them and the way they they so articulate and, and so fun. Um, it, it's just neat to to showcase them 
and, uh, you know, can help recruit in that. If, if there's a, a kid, you know, being able to see them on the air and see the publicity that they're getting. So um, it's been a lot of fun just doing that and telling their stories and getting to know them. And, uh, you know, it's not just football. I mean, we've traveled and covered tennis and uh, we've, we've covered golf. And I mean, it's just, it's neat to see um, all the different sports uh, over at UK. Jeez, man, the, the versatility that a, a Lexington sports, sports anchor has to have these days with Kentucky just performing well in all these sports. It's crazy. I know I've, I've learned more about um, some sports that I, that I thought I wouldn't have paid attention to, and I'm sure that goes for fans as well. But, I mean, yeah, it's like Mitch is just on fire, ain't he? Yeah, and, and you know, that's the thing, too, is that, you know, just since we've taken this thing over, I mean, they've had national championships in volleyball, um, rifle, um, you know, football. almost tennis right there in tennis. Yeah. Tennis was right there. And, uh, you got, uh, Gabriel Diallo still making a run. He's into the elite eight. So, I mean, you know, that makes it incredible. Um, getting to, you know, to, to see these sports like this is what makes it so much fun. And, and, and I'll be out and about and I'll be like, you know, hearing from people, Oh, how'd the tennis team do? You know, they never would have asked that. I don't think several years ago. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I agree. I know. I've said I've I've we talked a lot with um Terry Brown actually. He's he was big um into always um encouraging his kids just to like look at gymnastics, look at these type of sports and you know because we're always we're always just so football, basketball, football, basketball and I think Mark Stoops has kind of started that, right? Before he got here it was all basketball and now it's like, man, football's taking such a huge portion and now you just can't help but get involved with you know with all these other um, sports and you're learning about them and wearing the blue and white. So we're cheering for them. But along those lines, Keith, can you think of one or maybe even two, if you can't pick one that was maybe like either the best game um, that you've covered, maybe not even the most on the line or anything, just best game that you've covered or trip that you've been on to cover um, a Kentucky sport. Ooh, man, that's tough. Um, Cause you know, I know you've been on some good ones. I'll name some of the best ones I've been on. I bet you've been there. So the Belk Bowl okay. to me was up there. I had a great time at the Belk Bowl. I thought that yeah. was a ton of fun. Um, yeah, but Belk Bowl was good just because of the way it ended and mm -hmm. everything and the way it just seemed like, all right, well, this uh, run of, of uh, bowl games is over now. And then they came back like they did. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of what I would consider to be some more of my favorites. I really enjoyed um, the Maxi. Um, I know a lot of times the locals don't go to that one, but Champions Classic, the Maxi game versus Michigan State. I really had fun. Oh, that was a really cool environment too. Were you at that one? Yeah, I was not. I was not at that one because um, we just weren't traveling at that time. Oh, right. Yeah. As much. Um, I, I don't know. You know, I've, I've covered so many of the UK U of L games through the years, mm -hmm. and you know, those stand out to me. Um, getting to cover Kentucky in the 2000, uh, actually 1998 and 2012 national championships in basketball was pretty cool. Um, so, so that was neat. Uh, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I bet those were yeah. up there. You also have the unique perspective of, um, you know, you've been in both dens, you've done it in Louisville, you've been on this side and now you've done it on the Kentucky side. And I was really thinking this morning, my daughter and I were driving, I was driving her to school and, um, they were talking on, um, you know, DJ Wagner, that's all we'll be hearing about the next few year probably almost a year for a recruitment standpoint and so I was going over all the storylines of that with her and I was just like it's, it's just crazy Lily that you know all these different storylines with this one recruit but I said I love it I love the fact that this rivalry's back I mean it, it'll stink if he goes to Louisville but at the same time I'd almost you know rather it be there than someone else because the rivalry is I think it's going to be really firing up over these next few months 
The thing I like about it, though, is that it might not be quite the rivalry it was. I mean, obviously, everybody's going to want to beat the other team, and the fans and the coaches are going to want to beat each other. But with, you know, Kenny Payne being involved now, I mean, I just feel like it's going to be at least a little more muted uh, than it was previously with the last couple of coaches, uh, you know, at Louisville. So uh, I'm looking forward to to it being a friendly rivalry. I I like that part of it. I love – just, just having lived in Louisville and being among, um, you, you know how, how it is. I mean, you can your next door neighbor can be a U of L fan on one side and a UK fan on the other. I mean, it's just it's crazy and and how that just drives that town. And uh, you know, to to see it be more friendly would be kind of cool. You know. Yeah, I think I think we'll see that um, like press conferency type stuff. But it's so and again, that's kind of what I was trying to put into words to my daughter this morning that it's just so completely random and unbelievable that like the very first this is how we're starting off with dj wagner one of the top top (laughs) recruits in recent memory and just all the storylines from his brother was kentucky to um his grandpa yesterday and how that role is going to be i mean there is just storylines for it's like it's like a radio um radio talk show host around here's dream because it should be this way for several weeks or months and even up to a year and um, yeah. DJ will be here this weekend too, so it's just it's just a complete circus right now, and I love every minute of it. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think um, you know we're still going to have the heated because I don't think that's changed as far as football goes, but basketball I think it, it could be a lot more fun. I just maybe I'm getting you know to where I'm getting too old, and it's like I'm just I'm not into these like really strong rivalries where it's you just got to hate the other person, uh, you know, or the other team or whatever. It's just that you know. Yeah, do I want to see UK beat them every time? Sure, but uh, you know, if they don't, is my life going to go on? Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, well, I always get I always get myself in a little hot water as Big Blue Drew because I I'm not really a Louisville hater. I grew up here. I'm sure at some point that'll it'll surface me as a teen in a Louisville shirt or something. My dad took me to all the games, um, and he still to this day will wear a Kentucky hat, a Louisville shirt, something like that. So um, he is a Chicago Cubs fan. I never really had a ton of affinity towards a professional team. So I've really kind of put it all into college basketball. So I was always fine. I always kind of wanted to see Louisville be good um, just because I love the sport of college basketball so much. And I, I've shifted all that hate to this day to the Indiana Hoosiers. I think we should <laughs> all just align together and not like Indiana. It's, it seems like a way easier option to me. Oh, for sure. You know, and since they haven't played all that much recently, I know uh, Mike Woodson would love to see that happen, and I, I'd love to see it happen again. I, I hate that Kentucky and Louisville aren't playing anymore, and, I mean, who cares? Let's put it back on the campuses. You know, I don't think it has to be in the, the domes and the football places and this and that, you know, the life house. And I, I just – I loved it being even Rupp Arena. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love seeing it in the RCA dome when they would split it down the middle. I thought that was unreal to see the, you know, the red and then the blue – uh, meeting on each side and just how cool that was, um, you know, back in the day. But I also remember going to a game once at Rupp Arena and seeing Bob Knight walk in. I thought that was pretty cool, too. I bet, yeah, that probably is pretty neat. You know, over the last probably like – pretty for I guess for since Cal's been here for the most part, I've been a big proponent of – I know I like the neutral side games. He does those because mm-hmm. – so we don't lose to a St. Peter's in a field house. You know, they have that experience. You know, it always made sense to me. But I will say that – um my mindset's starting to shift quite a bit after suffering through this brutal non-conference schedule at home this year, just try one of those games. And I'm like, you know, they're, they're, um, I'm okay with the way that he does it, 
but I do think that there needs to be a, at least one more big home and home ad. And I said, like, make it Gonzaga this year when they were like, we were just joking with, I kind of helped get some of that Drew Timmy to Kentucky going too, which was, that was kind of funny. But what that day when that was just hilariously sprung out of nowhere, I'm like, you know, who loses if Kentucky and Gonzaga get on the phone right now and say, we're doing a home and home start next year. Everybody wins. Like I just don't see, um, yeah. I feel like in the women's game, I'm a big fan of women's basketball with all my daughter being so involved in it. And the women don't duck each other, man. If the women's team, you call them up, they know that for the sport, um, you know, they need that. And for their girls to get the proper level of competition. So they're constantly um, just eager and eager and chomping at the bit to play each other. And I feel like the men's game's not so much. But yeah, big takeaway from the dad podcast tonight. We need, we need one more really good electric home and home locking in. I'd love to see that for sure. Yeah, good home and home. Not only does it give it to the fans, but then I think it's also usually a good game. Uh, you know, that, that's still going to get your team ready. Even if you lose, it's getting them ready for the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then uh, you might actually have some good perspective too. I've been fortunate enough that um, I'll ever, at least once a year lately, I'll try to sneak and see a game at Freedom Hall because Bellarmine is playing there, women and men. So there, to me, it is, it is pretty special being able to go in Freedom Hall and see a game. And I know that like um, – I guess I was alive, but like a little before my time, but I believe Kentucky used to play like Notre Dame there, which I can't, I think it'd be neat to see a game. Yeah. It just has a cool vibe for a basketball game in Freedom Hall. Yeah. I I loved Freedom Hall. I thought it was always a great shooters gym because it was dark and, Mm -hmm. you know, the stands kind of went back and it was really kind of, you know, so easy to see the rim in there. So easy to shoot a game when I was shooting games there. So, um, so I'm sure that hasn't changed. And I love that it's being used now by Bellarmine. Uh, just to give it more shelf life because, you know, yeah, it was time for Loyal to move on and find a new place, but Freedom Hall is still a cool place to, to play some ball and to see some ball. One thing about Freedom Hall that I always remember when I get talking about it is that they're one of the only venues, and I believe it's still done this way because I went like this year, where their seat numbers are like one through 100. So instead of being like, oh, I'm in section 14, seat 13, you're in section 15, seat 13, or whatever, it's like one through 100. So you can kind of easily be like, oh, I'm in seat 80. So I don't know. I've just always noticed when I go there, it's kind of old school because nobody does it that way. And I also, on the flip side, whenever I'm at the Yum Center, I feel like no one can find their seats the way that they're labeled. <laughs> Almost every time I've been to the lower arena in my seat, it's just like constant chaos. But I always remember that about Freedom Hall, that like you can sit in and your seat will have a number of like 97 or something, which oh, is wow. kind of unique. I don't think I realized that. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well, let's keep it rolling on the Dad Podcast. We're just winding down here a little bit. Keith Farmer from BBN Tonight, Lex 18 News. Um, all right, man, this is a tougher one. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. Can you remember your last good cry? Oh, boy. Uh, a good meaning it was a good thing? No, not necessarily. Really, I guess I could probably just say any, any, any moment you want to share about a, a tearful oh. event. But, yeah, it doesn't have to be. It could be good, bad, anything, just right. a tear jerk. I mean, this might not have been the most recent, but I will tell you that the three times, and this is going to be pertinent to you, the three times that I've cried uncontrollably in my life, like I'm like, what's going on here? Why am I crying? Uh, and, and just couldn't – I mean, I knew why, but it's like it was when my three boys were born, each birth. I just like 
cried and I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this, you know, because <laughs> it's a happy moment. But at the same time, it was just like, wow, life, you know. At what point did you cry? Like when you first held them or what? Yeah, no, like literally seeing them for the first time. Oh, uh, like as, as you know, they were there, very mm -hmm. first time I laid my eyes on them, you know, it was just like tears came. Yeah, and, I'm sure there's uh, a lot of, um, you know, like a, a form of relief to just seeing them healthy and crying and breathing. Mom's yep. okay for sure. Totally, yeah. And, but that's like the three times. Like uh, other times it's like, crying because you're at a funeral or crying because something hurt or something like mm -hmm. that. But those times were like, I couldn't stop it. You know, <laughs> even yeah, if that's I definitely, that's definitely a good cry for sure. I'm a crier. And I'll talk about that a lot. I'm, and it's all, really only since I've had kids, but <clears throat> man, it can just be like a commercial or anything about a father, dad's love with a daughter, man. I'm like instant waterworks, probably like online buying, whatever the thing is and everything. So <laughs> I think, um, and my wife mentioned that and I'm glad that she did because um, I think I've mentioned this a, a time or two on the podcast, I believe, but originally we did the blood test and there were like two boys. So I'm like, awesome. I was so pumped. And then, you know, my wife reminded me, she's like, you know, you, you really like being a girl dad though. I think it makes you, you know, more compassionate. So then I was kind of like, darn it. And um, the doctor actually said, hey, I, you know, I don't love that they, they told you guys that from the blood test, like twins are different. You know, don't paint these rooms blue until you come back and see me. So I'm like, oh my gosh, like what a range of emotion. So anyway, yeah. we ended up going back and they're, and they're both boys. And um, that being said, I'm, again, I'm lucky. I have a very awesome daughter. But as we, as we roll into high school, I think I'm good with having the boys. Plus, I'm going to have a little, little AU team by the time we're done here. But um, definitely, definitely a lot to take in. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and you're going to enjoy coaching them. Cause I did that with all three of my boys. So you'll love what that sports did you coach? Um, so I, I did baseball, but with baseball, I can only take you so far. I can get you, I can show you how to throw and show you how to hit. But <laughs> when it comes to situational stuff, I'm out. Uh, -huh. uh, basketball, I coached them all the way through like high school. And, uh, um, oh, wow. okay. one of my coaches, my middle son started at Eastern high school there in Louisville. Okay. And, uh, they needed what, some help. So I coached. What years was that? Um, uh, let's see, that would have been, let's see, 20, let's see, my oldest son graduated 2013, probably about 2013. Okay. 2012, 2013. Yeah. Nice. That's actually our, um, our homeschool now we moved. So Eastern home of Rajon Rondo is yep. our, um, is our homeschool. So we have that as a backup. Another fun, um, little story to share about Eastern high school was I believe I actually hold a state baseball record, Keith. I, I went to Moore high school, not Eastern high school. And um, Eastern beat us 33 to zero my junior year, which I believe is still a state record for um, Kentucky High School Athletic Association. And, and um, that was varsity. Yeah, no fault of theirs. I mean, we basically didn't even have a baseball team. I was a big baseball player, but uh, up until high school, they talked me into playing. We recruited some eighth graders. We gave it our best <laughs> shot. Um, they would actually, too. I was, I was just thinking about this last week. So they would either bring their JV to play us, which was perfectly understandable, or if they get there and they're like, damn, we should have brought our JV, they would make the guys hit opposite. So I actually oh. never forget that um, Brian Brom, so, you know, Heisman candidate, played in the NFL, Brian Brom, um, hit a grand slam off of me, hitting opposite um, for okay. Trinity High School. And at the time, I was so pissed. Like, I was just so mad. And now I love this story to that day. I think back in getting our butts kicked, that was some of the best times that I've had. But, yeah, 33-0, to zero, Eastern let us have it. Wow. All right. So I got a good Brian Brom story if you got time. Okay. Yeah. So when I'm working in Louisville, I was shooting a playoff game first round between Trinity and Dunbar. 
and um, I'm shooting on the sidelines. It's cold. It's a little bit of snow. And uh, Brian Brom drops back, fires deep down the sideline. It's going way out of bounds. So I hold my hand up to kind of knock it down, my left hand. My right hand's on the camera. And as I'm hitting the ball, oh, knocking it away, my hand clears my face, and all of a sudden I see a helmet coming right at me and hits me right in the eye. Oh, no. And it's Billy Murray. I'll never forget the kid's name. Hits me off the sidelines. I fall backward, you know, sliding, and all I hear from Trinity fans is, oh. <laughs> like, they're thinking I'm dead, you know. Uh, I get up, and I've got a toboggan on. I go and I, I'm like, gosh, I, I look over and John Lewis is the only guy I really kind of know because this was early in my career there. And I was like, John, you know, how's this look? And he goes, oh, you're, you're fine. You're not bleeding or anything. And he goes, wait, let me look at it again. And I show him. He goes, oh, my gosh. I'm like, what is it? And he goes, you're already puffing up. It's, it's getting big. And sure enough, I couldn't even go on camera that night. It was so bad. Oh, I had wow. to take a whole weekend off. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. I feel like everybody that's done um... – some form of high school football has definitely had a story like that. I know Fred Cowgill, who you mentioned, like jacked his knee up last year. And then I've heard yeah. Brian, I've heard everyone. And, and I know I've been in the lens a few times on an SEC football field and thank the Lord. One of those guys didn't run into me, but the high school yeah. field is just so much smaller. I guess it's inevitable. Yeah, for sure. And again, this kid dove out of bounds when he didn't need to. So, but you know how Trinity is. They teach him to go all out, and, and <laughs> he was doing that. He was still trying to make the play, even though it was way out of bounds. <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, they were pretty. Was that? I guess that was his senior year. Was that their state championship year? I guess they probably won it more than once. I guess. Yeah, it was either his junior or senior year. I don't remember exactly which. Yeah. Yeah, because what Beatty just left their coach got. I think he won like thirteen of sixteen or something. No, and then I know they had their, their worst year last year, but. Anyway, anyway, all right, well, let's wrap it up with some dad jokes. I have what I believe to be a phenomenal dad joke tonight. I'm pretty excited. I saved it throughout the week, so um, I will let you – Um, you can go first, Keith. Oh, oh, I can go first? Yep. Um, Unless you don't have it ready, I can go. No, no, I, I got one I can give you. Um, so there was a, a king once who was 12 inches tall. They said he was a horrible king, but he was a great ruler. Great ruler. Ah, nice one. Good one. All right, all right, I'm ready for mine tonight. All right. What's it called when a chameleon can't change his colors anymore? Ooh, don't know. A, a reptile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, man. I like that one. Yeah, like that one that. actually came through with that one today. I don't think I have any more. Well, um, do you uh, – you've probably got some friends, like, named Adam. Mm-hmm. You know you, you should never trust an Adam. Why is that? They make up everything. <laughs> you get it? Makeup. Different Adam. Yeah. Adam. Makeup. Yep. That's I, th I was waiting for like a um in uh a bomb joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, here's here's something similar. Okay, I do have one. I said another. So I'm starting a business where I'm gonna teach people how to do math. Or sorry, I'm <laughs> I'm starting a business to teach short people how to do math. It's called uh -huh. making the little things count. Ah. <laughs> oh man, good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, no originals. I got to get, I got to get a good original. I had a, had a good original last year, but they're hard to come by. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I heard my, uh, my father-in-law, um, he used to always tell great dad jokes and we always laughed at him. So I, I miss him and him telling us some good ones. And I, I wish I'd have retained many more than, uh, than, than I know. 
<laughs> well, the best part is that it's not even like, you don't even like fake your growing interest in it. The older you get, it's like the funnier they actually get and the, the more you actually see them, the more oh, you're yeah. holding it back, saying it in front of the kids and stuff. So they're the best. Yeah. And now that I'm going to be a granddad, I think I got to come up with some of those. Oh yeah, you do, man. You definitely, you gotta have like a, you gotta have like a whole Rolodex full now. Oh, totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> well, Keith, man, I appreciate you taking some time out of the middle of the week. I know you're busy. Um, I always enjoy these. I had a blast again tonight. Very refreshing. So thank you so much. Awesome. No problem. It's glad, glad to do it and uh, good to talk to you and uh, continue success here and uh, good luck with the twins. Yeah. And you're, you're on the hook. We're definitely bringing you back because you'll have, um, you'll have to come back and, and share how it is as a, as a grandfather here, maybe on later this summer or when are they due? October, you said? October, yeah, late right. October, early November. So, all right, we might have to catch up with you on season three then. Well, we appreciate it, Keith. Make sure you're watching BBN tonight and um, all the new stuff that he does. And we will catch everybody next time on the Dad Podcast. <laughs>